0: Welcome to the Evoke EQ podcast, where we have emotionally intelligent conversations for evolving leaders. I am your host, Whitney Warren, a multi-passionate entrepreneur, EQ trainer, certified Enneagram facilitator, big stage speaker, and curious question asker. If self-growth, compassionate leadership, and changing the world are your idea of a good time, then you've come to the right place. Let's dig in. My guest today is Tiffany Hauser. Tiffany is an executive coach, passionate about people and transformation. Her coaching clients are often senior leaders experiencing a massive shift or leap in their careers that requires an up-level in mindset, soft skills, and performance. Through Tiffany's coaching, these leaders experience powerful breakthroughs around their authentic leadership style, vision, self-worth, and purpose. And I can say from personal experience, this is exactly how Tiffany coaches, because as you will see today, Tiffany was my coach and remains one of my mentors. Tiffany founded Evolve after listening to her private coaching clients who wanted their teams to experience the extraordinary results being created via Tiffany's coaching. Her team at Evolve develops people and teams to embrace change and self-worth by working with leaders and people leaders to design and deliver transformational team experiences through speaking and learning engagements, either in-person, virtual, or hybrid. Tiff is a Michigan alum, a former Soul Cycle instructor, serves on the board of Becky's Fund, and frequently fills her cup with her partner, Jay, their cutie dog, Coconut, whom I love, and all of their adventures they have together. Please join me in welcoming Tiffany Hauser to the conversation. Well, hello, Tiffany. Thank you for being here with me today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Whit. Glad
0: Absolutely. to be here. Fabulous. Well, as the audience will very soon know, Tiffany was my coach and still in a lot of ways is an incredible mentor. And I seek her advice frequently as we both navigate the leadership, emotional intelligence, and transformational world. And she's here today. And I kind of put put myself on the chopping block or just the open space because I wanted to, my first question to you, Tiffany was, what was your first impression of me? (laughs)
1: Such like a second date kind
0: of question. I know, right? We're jumping right into intimacy here. (laughs) Let's hear Um,
1: it. Yeah. I mean, when I first met you, you know, we didn't formally meet. I was, you know, part of the coaching team and it was just wonderful. You just really did everything in your power to stand out. Um, You were fully engaged in what we were up to. And just the the word that comes to mind is bold, and and not just bold in your personality, but girl, your outfits were bold. I was like, Ooh, look <laughs> what she's wearing! I remember one day he came in with some animal print pants and a red. shirt. I was like, red shirt, red lipstick, and I loved it. I'm into the aesthetics, <laughs> um, as of
0: mine, obviously, <laughs> a, yeah,
1: I love a good styling, but just bold, and you know, and it just it's so quintessential as I continue to get to know you and experience you and adore you. Bold is exactly my first impression. And you haven't let me down, girl. Oh, well,
0: I'm very (laughs) pleased to hear that. So to set the context of this, Tiffany and I met in a transformational emotional intelligence training where she was the coach and I was walking in totally blind what was about to happen. I remember thinking I was there for a business training. I was going to take my business to the next level. And then I sat down and about an hour into this experience, I was like, oh, this is not about my business. It is, but it isn't. It's about me, my relationship with me, my relationship with my emotions, how I'm walking through those and how I relate to everyone else in the world. And so I remember seeing you for the first time across the room and just being like, who is that? And energetically, I knew, and this is something that I've experienced throughout my entire life. Energetically, I knew that we would have, there would be something between us. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how it was going to (laughs) be unfolding. But I was like, if there's one person in this room who can challenge me, take me on, tell me exactly what I need. I knew from the minute I saw you that it was you. And then I avoided you for about as long as I could. (laughs) Yeah. So we did after a while enter into a coaching relationship where you were directly my coach. Do you remember? Now this is about three years ago now, but do you remember some of the themes that we talked about, some of the themes we worked on? Oh yes. Some Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and it was it was lovely because you know, the boldness never, you know, went away. Yet who my impression of Judgment went away. I thought something and you showed up in such a different way. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl has tons of confidence. She's direct. She knows exactly what she wants. And the biggest theme was, and it's so funny, Whitney, that we're even talking about this because even what you were describing, how you found the training is the same exact way (laughs) I found training, as you know. And you know, you mirror me in so many ways because it was the theme of i am a leader yet i'm waiting to lead and i didn't really know at you know at first what were you waiting on and you know now that i'm even like bringing it you know 3 years forward for me now that i see this it's the waiting to get it all right you wanted to lead in your own way and which is great why not like we didn't know what we didn't know mm-hmm. back then But lead it in your own way, which is beautiful and magnificent and it works. And in this experience, I don't know how well, how much the audience knows about this experience, but I call the transformational leadership experience like a motley crew of people, which is beautiful because that's what the world is made up of. And it, it is almost, and I don't want to use the word force, but just for sake of time, it forces you to adapt, to be flexible and to actually learn and understand and that was the bridge you were you know the gap you were bridging in that experience because there were so many moments i never asked you to but i called you forward with questions about leading the team because it was never about me a coach knows it's never about us it's about how do we you know evoke and how do we develop the the leadership and call forward the leadership in others So that this is about you. And so I just remember thinking, when is this girl going to take over this team? Like this team needs her. They're screaming for her. And there was so much love on this team and a lot of trepidation, if you will. And so it was just someone needed to push the gas. And I knew that was you. And I just remember you thinking, you not thinking, you said it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I got my business. I got stuff going on. I don't want to. I don't have time for this. And we dug down underneath. What is that really about? And then we came to the the conclusion, which, you know, is outdated now that, you know, you were used to leading from the front. And this was a beautiful experience for you to either lead from behind, which is completely transformational, or to lead side by side. As you step forward, you bring them with you or have them step forward and then you step forward. So it was all about the the journey of not only because there's always room for it all not only leading from the front but leading from all different aspects of you know who you are as a as a woman as a leader and all the people that are in your life that you're calling forward that you're working with and so on. So that was the biggest theme that I saw with you.
0: When bringing that forward. I mean, it's so, thank you for sharing that. I've never asked that question of you. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that perspective of your experience. And uh, when you share the biggest takeaway of leading side-by-side side, you nailed my experience as I walked through that, of I was that boldness that I have innately was how I, how I was comfortable leading. I can do it. I can say it. I can walk in front. I naturally step towards responsibility. But what in that moment, when, when I knew that I could lead the team, I had the capability, I had the energy, there was that fear of, I don't want to do it the way I've always done it because the way I've always done it exhausted me. It's why mm-hmm. I was there. I was, so, I was at the bottom of my barrel. I did not want, to, I mean, I was at a point where I didn't know if I wanted to be a business owner. I didn't know if I wanted to walk forward in this world, if it was going to take what it was taking from me. And so in that moment of the request or the nudge or the, you know, here's what's next, my brain was grappling with, if it has to look like how it always has looked, I don't want it anymore. I don't want to be a leader if it hurts this bad. And so that shift into how do I lead with, how do I bring people up with me? How do I see people? I mean, The biggest transformation for me in that space was seeing other people's strengths as strengths. Mm. And for me, that's a stretch. Like I like strength to look a very specific way. I had, I had, and still sometimes have very strong judgments on what a strong person looks like, what a capable person looks like. And unfortunately, that's a very narrow definition. If I let it define strength in that experience, I was able to see a team around me and I was coached into seeing the fullness of a person and what they brought to the table and how their strengths don't look like mine. And that in fact is actually a good thing. And I think, you know, I'll have my team on here at some point, but I think my team that was with me before and after very much saw a difference in how I showed up for them. And in fact, it started, it really started this, this realization that if I really want to build the business of my dreams, I can't be front and center of it. Mm. And that my boldness, like the theme of 2023 for us is like, I'm the problem. It's me. Like my, you know, T Swift oh. gave
1: us. I was like, Thank I just you, got that song out of my head. Now here, here she is.
0: I'm and so I sorry. It. I love it. No,
1: I love it. I sing it to my dog all the time. I love it.
0: Yeah, coconut's just getting the message. It's like, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, and I love that with because that is that is leadership when your team can experience the change and the difference. And it's not you, you know, seeing different results. It's people seeing the difference and how it's rippling out to them. So bravo, woman, bravo for the, you know, the team seeing what, you know, what occurred with your leadership style. And that's all it is. It's a shift in leadership style. There's many we can choose from. But like you said, I was so used to this one way and, and great that you knew that this wasn't in your blind spot anymore, that it was exhausting you and you know it works. So if you need it again, I can do it. I can do it this way. And what I'm hearing is you were ready to unlock the other styles within you. So bravo.
0: I was ready to have more time, more freedom, more flexibility. I was ready to not be doing work that wasn't mine, which I Ugh, think- girl. Leaders out there are ready to not be doing work that's not theirs. And you know, the biggest realization for me in that was I was making it my work. And because of, you know, building trust and really trusting the strength of others and and your support in that and being a step or two or sometimes four ahead of me on this journey and being like, hi, come over here. Let's share. Let's share our responsibility. Let's share our work. Let's share also sharing the glory. Of winning, like having, that was a big, like being team meant that everyone around me had to come with me at the same time. And that's what winning looked like. It didn't Mm. serve me. It didn't serve me to be the one in front.
1: Yeah. Yeah. First place can be exhausting. And, you know, and it's funny in our helicopter parenting, you know, era that we're in, but some of those some of those elements were you know we we're all winning and there's a way for us all to win and like you said it's less exhausting when it's we instead of me and that's you know that was that was a breakthrough for you knowing that there we is available and it doesn't always need to be me and a breakthrough in flexibility but also what's the word i'm looking for i want to say grace but it's more of surrender that's what it is surrender because you and I are both in that high control and you know of course a lot of it has to do with trust and just surrendering to and I loved how you said I saw the strengths in people as strengths that's part of the surrender where it doesn't have to look this one way that i need it to look in my narrow definition so great job calling yourself forward on that this is so fun i feel like i'm talking to myself um,
0: and i think that that was yeah. one of the greatest part is that i knew even though I didn't know the, I didn't know the details of your life or your journey at that point in our evolution. Mm-hmm. I knew that you were talking from experience. You were talking as someone who had also taken on these themes that I was ta- that I was working on as well. And I think one of the things you said about needing to get it right, that perfectionistic, not, ten, I mean, over, I, I've been fooling myself for a long time, pretending I'm not a perfectionist, which is such a lie, such a lie. just because I have typos and everything does not mean I'm not a perfectionist. And what I've uncovered is that perfectionistic nature to the experience that people have with me. If I am holding an experience, I am massively perfectionistic about how people interact with me. And I think it's a part of that control. I want to control people's experience of me Yeah, and I'm still wrestling with that one. I think I'll always be wrestling with that one because if I'm always controlling the experience, I'm not actually in the experience.
1: Yeah. Great notice. (laughs) Great notice. And if you're controlling the experience, it becomes about you and then what's available for we, us, all of us. Because yeah, you get to be part of the experience. You know, Anytime I coach a coach or a consultant or a facilitator, I let them know you are a part of it and don't forget about the we. So I know you're great, great content, great experience, great results, and make sure that it is focused out on them and you're creating the we along the way. Because I also know facilitators and trainers who forget about themselves. <laughs> they could run themselves down in an experience. <clears throat> because of the energy or the, you know, there's just little breakdowns that happen in every scenario, whether it's in person, you know, virtual or whatever. And so, yeah. So I, I love that you, none of this is in your blind spot. So this, see this big smile on my face <laughs> because that's, that's transformation, Be, you know, being able, you know, and emotional intelligence, the first step of EI is self-awareness. So this is all up in your consciousness. And my favorite part about emotional intelligence. So we can have a laugh about this.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's important.
1: Yes. yes. And there still might be some judgment on it, but we still have it like, oh my God, I still am a perfectionist. Like I'm not going to lie. And like, you know, and, and it's, it's just the lovely, one of the lovely parts for me, because that is a tool, me laughing. And, you know, I know in some other modalities, it's a defense mechanism. But I'm like, really, my nervous system like, is adjusting and neutralizing as I'm like, laughing off, i.e. letting go of whatever the big emotion is around what's happening. So,
0: Well, when you yeah. can have a sense of humor about yourself and you can have that like, oh, I'm doing that right now. It is a little reset. Yeah. And it's the acknowledgement. I think when I have that moment, it's the acknowledgement that like, mm, okay, that's a really familiar pattern. I caught myself we're just going to reel it back in. Thank you for being here with me. And I think there is a little, when that's happening for me, there's that little temptation to be slightly embarrassed because I know, Mm. like, I know the impact that if I Mm. kept walking down that path, it could have. Mm. And so I'm like reeling it back in. And part of me hopes that the other person doesn't notice because I'm laughing, but it's also my cue. It's my cue to reset. Like, okay, we'll just Perfect. Acknowledge and move forward. I would love to talk to you. How did you find, how did you start your emotional intelligence journey? What <laughs> brought you into this space?
1: Same thing. I literally thought it was a business training. Flew all the way across to the other side of the country five times to experience this. Day one, sat right in the front with my laptop and my, my notebook, ready to rock out some notes. <laughs> and the the facilitator was like, you can put all that away and you won't need it for the entire experience. I was like,
0: what is this? Yep. Yeah, that what was my book too. You mean, I don't need to take yeah. notes. I have to be mm. present. That's difficult. And, and that, and think about
1: this now where we are with, it's like, she said, whatever you need, you will keep and whatever you don't need, you don't need that right now. So now I'm thinking, oh my God, taking notes, like it's like probably won't. And I look at some of my notebooks now and I'm like, I don't even look at that stuff. But anywho, and and really what the reason why I stayed in the journey, because you and I both know it's deeply confrontational. It is profound. It is intimate. It is vulnerable. You are exposed in so many ways. And for me, what really like, Connected me in, and the reason why I committed and still am committed to this work is it brought me so much relief, understanding, and so many tools to understand who I am as a woman, as a human being, and to also. And this was the really important part that I I am so grateful for. It allowed me to understand other people in my life, and that was invaluable because for me, I struggled. You know, I did this training for the first time when I was 43 and I struggled terribly, like awfully with my, my nuclear family, my mom, my dad, my brother. I just, just, it wasn't jiving. And I'm like, I'm 43. So I had the story. I made up the story. This ain't never going to happen. We're just different. We're, we're just not ever going to understand. And through this experience, it gave me... Windows and doorways into understanding and connecting in with my family, which I'm, you know, it's still a journey. I'm not complete.
0: Always a journey. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but yeah, that's how I found it. It was through another coach who I, you know, I I love this woman, and I was. Here's the other thing: I was craving connection. So I was already a successful coach, yet I was not, and I had my own business. So I wasn't in an office, going and seeing people every day. So I was craving, and this is before the pandemic, um, I was craving being in a room with people and going through some sort of an experience. Because even when I became certified as a coach, I almost went through a collegiate program because I was dying to go be with people. And I'm so glad I did it. And there's nothing wrong with collegiate programs. I just happen to Jadore <laughs> where I'm <laughs> certified from, but Yeah. So it was also, I was craving human connection and girl, I am so thrilled I did that before the pandemic. So that's, you know, totally. So that's how I, I found the work as well.
0: Evoke to bring forward, recall, or uncover emotional quotient, otherwise known as EQ or emotional intelligence is the ability to consistently understand and manage your emotions. This is the skill set behind effective communication, conflict resolution, compassion, resilience, and personal power. At Evoke EQ, we train evolving leaders on how to expand their impact by transforming internal resistance into abundant energy for your career, your teammates, and your organization. Join us on this expansive journey as we work to make the Midwest an emotionally intelligent place to work and live. What brought you to being a coach in the first place? Oh, that's, I get asked that all the time. <laughs> I've, I've never, uh, I don't know the answer to this. Can't wait to hear. Yeah.
1: So I've always been a little ahead of my game in the corporate space. And that's why I jumped into being an entrepreneur. This is my fifth go at it. <laughs> I just, I was not good at conformity or authority. And yet what I also didn't, you know, And and here's the thing that I always say, like these things, of who I am right now. There, when I was in school, you know, high school, college, they were not taught. They were not even talked about. There was no coaching track or path to follow. I didn't even know what it, I thought it was like. Football coach, volleyball coach. I this didn't is the know only way you can coach. There right. must
0: be a sport yeah. or a ball involved.
1: Yeah, I had no idea there were actual coaches for a million different things that go on in our life. And so, what happened was. I was a soul cycle instructor for nine years. And towards the beginning of that tenure, I was relocated to Washington, DC, which is where I live now. And I started to feel awful, sad, depressed. Like, if you know me deep down, I don't do that. I'm not a sad, depressed, like, woe is me kind of person. I am. I feel those feelings. I'm not a robot or, you know, an empty shell. Yet my DNA is wired to. Pretty quickly. Okay. Now, what what do we want instead? I don't like something
0: about that. Yeah. We might have that operating system in common.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, I don't like this feeling. And so I found uh, one of my colleagues was telling me about meditation, group meditation. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that sounds lovely. I want to get into that. And as it started, you know, spending that time, that quiet time, I just realized I'm in charge of all this. Like, what am I doing here? I work maximum 20 hours a week. I have all this time. What else can I do that complements who I am, you know, what I love doing and what I'm already doing? And so I decided I'm gonna become a health coach. And so I got certified, started coaching immediately because I I was in front of that audience at SoulCycle. And it was like a complete we're talking the same super
0: allies to allies. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it was really quickly, I would say, like maybe by my third or fourth client. The road started leading into their profession or their career journey. I mean, all of them, it was like ping, 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 everybody. So even if they were coming to me to release weight, to gain energy or to, you know, just take a look at their lifestyle, all the roads led back to either unhappy with their job. They're not in their dream job or they're overworking, you know, just not you know not feeling satisfied not knowing not what to vision. yeah yeah and so i just and the way i'm trained the way i was certified is we follow that we don't stick to an agenda or a program or a framework or a system leave that behind and follow the person follow what they want support them hold them accountable and that's it that's all a coach is we don't teach them or give them advice or tell them what to do ask them questions that will keep them moving in the direction of what it is they want. And the kind of questions matter. Mm -hmm. And so that's what just started happening. And I was like, Oh, so we're just going to coach. And, and at first I called it your professional purpose uh, because that's what it felt like to me. And then it just really, really took off because I was talking their talk because I used to be in corporate. So I knew I was like, Oh, I know what you're talking about. And so that's what a lot of my clients love. So even you alluded to that, like even though I didn't really share a lot about my life when I was coaching you the first time, but I always bring in me as a way for you to identify and associate and also know you're not alone. You're not the only one that's feeling lonely or lost or confused or
0: frustrated or overwhelmed. Like, me too, sister or brother, yeah. like
1: whoever, whoever I'm coaching. Yeah, we don't, we don't. Yeah. We don't.
0: Escalate out of that. Like I'm coaching you, yeah. but I'm gonna have a human experience. You know, outside of this coaching moment, or some. You know, also I'm still human.
1: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And it's also a dissociation technique where, if I also sense that the person isn't unpacking or processing, I will give them an example about myself because I have my own confidentiality. Mm-hmm that will allow them to step in my shoes for a moment. And then it typically unlocks something for them where they can then move into their own space. So yeah, and that's that's my jam now. <laughs> like, it's It's what I love, it's who I am, it's what I'm great at. And I couldn't imagine doing anything else.
0: And I think it's so interesting, just given my own journey with health and how it's expanded my business. And I know you've gotten to watch that whole journey. But it is, as I, I started with the emotional intelligence journey and then created enough self-awareness that I could then see why it wasn't self-regulating, why I was seeking food for comfort, why I was seeking food to fulfill and how all of that control was draining my energy. And so when I started to work, I I mean, I didn't even touch my food journey. I think it was about a year and a half into my emotional intelligence journey that I touched the food component, that I was finally ready to address the fact that my eating was not creating more power and control in my life. It was creating a significant weakness in my body and in myself. Mm. And so I think it's no, as I, as I continue to explore health, as I continue to talk to executives, entrepreneurs that are not exploring the component of health, I'm like, yo team, this is foundational. Mm. Like I don't believe in the work I do, I don't believe that we just talk business and we just talk what's happening there. What's happening at home, what's happening in your body, what's happening when you fall asleep at night, that is contributing to how you show up in your professional world. But in my percent, like professional development is personal development from my perspective. And I don't see, I don't see any other way around that. Like you can't just develop (laughs) at work. You have to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest paradigms I breakdown for all of my clients. Immediate even people we don't even work with we're just, you know, having like a business development conversation because well one of the questions we might ask is what what would you like for us to come in and, you know, cause change within. And a lot of the companies and some of the clients they'll say work life balance. I'm like, there's no such thing as work life balance." Because that that language, that mindset to us says that you are thinking they are two separate things. They are not two separate things. They are one. And sure you op- you might think you are operating differently, yet it's all connected. And you know, some people call it a wheel, some people call it a circle. Yet it is in our mind we now call it work-life integration. How can you integrate these things that you have separated, divided, compartmentalized more like and, and keep them together because wit you're, you're absolutely right about that. The, the adrenal fatigue, the nervous system, like, like busting yeah. past its capacity. And, you know, some of the things that we're now really focusing on with our clients are specifically around self-worth and navigating through change mm. and the, the symptoms we, we can talk about the nervous system because of our training, the way we're certified. And really speak into what it's doing to your nervous system, even just the thoughts that you're having that you thinking, I got to get it right. I got to be the best is really jacking up your nervous system. You're, you're doing something to yourself by choice. And so that health part of it. And, you know, I'm working with a couple of people now one on one that this is, this is now critical. We, we get to really interrupt this or else there is no professional journey you you might be out for a moment or out indefinitely. And we all know that about health yet, you know, us driven, ambitious people or people who operate in that. And you let me know if this, I feel like twos do this. Like they just keep going
0: and going and going and going. I'm like, whoa, what about you? <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. So uh-huh. Enneagram twos have a tendency yeah. to pour it all out for other people to really, really support. And my yeah. first question to a two is, have you fed and watered yourself today? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you taken a moment for you? And that propensity twos do that, but any agree eights do that as well. Threes do that as well. Push like the ego is set up to push yourself way past your limit. Yep. Designed for that, in fact. And so it's part <laughs> of our job. It's part of that self-regulation journey. Be like, what do I need? What does my nervous system need? What does my body need? What does my heart need? You said something and I want to I want to go back to it that when we're in that I've got to get it right mentality that's a choice. Now, I know that before I started this work I did not understand what that means. That the way that I was choosing to operate was a choice because I was so entrenched in how and why I did things. Can you say more about why it's a choice or how we can I think the question is how do we learn to make it a choice because before my EQ training, I was not an awareness of choice. Mm-hmm. I was, in, I was yeah. locked into a pattern and that's all I knew. So share.
1: Yeah, that's, that's such a great question because you also answered it in your question, which is the awareness, the self-awareness. Yet, you know, we say all these things and everyone's like, that sounds great, but how? <laughs> and, and really the way we support, um, and really this is my client's, I know you're my client when I hear you say the word notice. Notice, notice, notice is the simplest way to keep your awareness activated without judgment. Because what tends to happen is with overachievers, eight specific, when we start to say notice or consider or take a look at, it's an instant, ooh, am I doing it wrong? Is it bad? Or, you know, we just want to fix, fix, fix. And so the the key is noticing, noticing is this, and then there's a ton of questions you can go through, but off the top of my head, some of the most valuable are, is this working for me or not? And then the key question, given your, your circumstance, is this working for us? Is this creating the wind for all of us or not? Because the choice is always there. And the thing we can, there's two things we can always change, always change. Our actions and our thoughts, we can always change them. So if something is not working or we don't like what's going on, change our thought about it or the action around it. And that right there is a piece that I was like, that slapped my eight power control face upside the head because i too was like oh i was the queen of blaming and faulting other well they didn't do it right this wasn't set up they weren't on time blah 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 and like sure it was working in a sense where i was no i was giving all the you know giving all the responsibility away but it wasn't working because we weren't resolving reconciling and moving forward with the lesson to not have whatever is happening again So guess what would happen? The thing would happen again. The scenario would show itself again, maybe in a different way. And so going back to the question, it's really about developing a practice of noticing. Noticing, like you said, oh, I'm noticing this behavior and thank you for showing up. And that's a whole noticing practice. And so as we coach, that is a key word that we give people right out the gate. And I have a circle it, highlight it, notice, notice, notice. And any action step, I'm never telling them what to do. It's usually, I invite you to notice. One of my favorites we have around trust is I'll just have clients for a week, notice in their mind who they trust and don't trust. And I'm talking about everybody. The person who just walked by you on the street, the checkout person at Target, just notice do i trust not trust don't go any further just notice and for and they all each every one of them always come back oh my god that was so interesting and it, and radical like like wisdom comes to them around their experience with trust and that you know that that goes deeper but it's really just as simple as noticing and i know some people listening might want a whole book about how to do it it's for really- concrete method yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: like, there's there's not a lot of concrete yeah. here. It's ability to hold yourself. I, mean, I can, I notice in others all the time. It's my favorite thing to do to notice things. To not, I mean, that's where the judgy eight is just like, like, Ooh, I am noticing that I am noticing. What if I just noticed myself? <laughs> Maybe go there. Right. And your exercise of, Notice who you trust, who you put in the trust bucket, and you who you put in the don't trust bucket. And then, what conclusions do you draw from yourself? What do you then understand about your biases? What do you then understand about what you are, what your natural set point around trust? And some people might find that they easily trust everybody, or they easily they easily dismiss everyone from their zone of trust, or that they have preferences on who they trust. And I think even that. Uh, Noticing without judgment and just doing it for a week, what do you notice that people start to, what conclusions, what are the types of conclusions that people start to form or the types of paths forward that they start to form? The,
1: the number one thing is compassion. They start to have compassion for themselves and, the com- and compassion for what I call the, the circle, the closest people that they're in relationship with. Because the, this exercise is part of a longer form experience, but it also has them in their consciousness, their awareness of noticing. And so now when we move forward, uh, they're able to speak more in depth. They're able to really unpack and process. And that's my job as a coach is to get you in a space where you can do your work for yourself. I'm not doing anything. I'm just asking you questions, giving you certain scenarios that potentially might unlock. I'm just here to like find the keys. You got to figure out where they go. I don't know anything about what you're really up to. And so, the compassion piece. And and I say that because, you know, I'm sure you know this, like we coaches, we tend to attract the people who are like us, like people who want to work with us, kind of like you said there was something about her, like that tends to be like the vibe, or it's people who are like, "Ooh, she is very different." I want to, you know, I feel like she could hold my space, and so it. The person in me, like you said, in you, I I'm a judger. I'm a transforming judger, still in <laughs> my experience, and so it's that softness as well. So the compassion comes because they're starting to soften the edges of control of, uh, and you know, I have some people who run high on anxiety because they're just running way past their capacity and, and really soften out the output. We as leaders that we don't need to be giving this outrageous output. In fact, when you learn the we, there's not much output because the output now is connected to purpose and joy. Oh my God, I love this. Because I know, I know when I'm past my output, when I'm trying to do tech stuff, I'm like, why am I doing this? I like this. I don't want to learn chat GPT. I don't care.
0: None of that. Man, not, I, that is I not my job. And, <laughs>
1: no, I, know, I want it, but I don't want to learn it. I'm so over all the newness. <laughs> Hence, I'm not that old yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just really softening, which they don't connect the dot. I, I see it and I'm like touched and moved, but it doesn't really land for them immediately. It takes about another session or two. And then they start to realize because they're sharing feedback from the people in their life. And I'm like,
0: that's changed. They have different feedback. They have a different, they're having a different experience. And yeah, what I heard with what you just shared was that just that moment of noticing trust, not trust, and then building your own conclusions, you know, I think what's really interesting is that each of these leaders is pausing in a moment with a person. And how often do we actually pause and assess how we are in relationship with the person we're currently in relationship with? Yeah, and I think at least for me, in the moments when I've done that, and like when I'm not just running into the moment, running into the solution, running into whatever I think the agenda is, and I'm with the person, then I can actually more easily step into trust because I am with the person, not with my bias about the person. Those two things are can be very different depending on the person I'm talking about, and 100%. when I'm when I'm actually there, when I'm like. And it's a moment to listen as well. When we're noticing, we're listening. We're rarely in the action step of moving forward. We have to take a step back in order to do that. Yeah. And And that's leadership. When I wonder if that's part of even just calling forth, like whether we talk about trust, not trust, or strong, or, you know, do you put these people in a strong bucket or a weak bucket? That's a bias that an eight has. I know that if I am not careful, I am without noticing sifting people into strong and weak which for me is trust don't trust and those two buckets are binary and unhelpful <laughs> because when i and i know this about myself i have a very narrow definition if i let myself go to my default definition of strength it's narrow if i let myself go to if i understand what i understand about the world now it is wide and deep and and there are different strengths in different people but i have to actively pause and listen and find that because my programming would like to suggest something very different for me in that moment. So for me, it's that, that listening moment that you're calling forth in your, in your clients.
1: Yeah. And I, I love that you, you just brought that forward. And as I said earlier, that's leadership and really, you know, just like I said about the output, the pause allows you to stop with the output, the, the myth and the breakdown physically, mentally, potentially, you know, cause we're, we're dealing with leaders. They want potential, want to unlock it all in themselves and on their team is the more I am doing, the more I am, the more, the more I'm adding value, you know, and that is a blank fill in the blank, but the more Mm -hmm. I'm doing, the more I fill in the blank and that output it's just, it doesn't work. It's over time, especially like now when I'm we're hearing so much about the eight, ooh, it could get real toxic, real dark, real steamrollery, bulldozery fast with an eight where no one wants to be in relationship with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And some people will stick around because of their, you know, their ego side, something's up in their field. And it's just, you're just not getting anyone's best work anymore. But really, the listening is part of the slowdown. So, we we coach leaders that operate this way, we coach them on slowing down. And it's not even like a strategy, it's for their their well being, their actual yeah, their physical well being. I mean, you know, and I this is mainly for the people who, if we send them something, they're texting or emailing back,
0: like, before really? we even hit the send button, I'm like, whoa, like, did Do you, you sleep know? with your head on your yeah. keyboard? Like what happened here? And like, bravo, like an eight. I appreciate it. I'm like, yes. I know answer. my answer that I wanted immediately. Yeah. I'm thank you.
1: I love urgency. I, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I, you know, we're trained to see patterns and to support what they want. So if somebody loves this and it's where I'm not going to, Coach them out of it. They want it. You know, I don't get to put my judgment into the containers of coaching or facilitating. I don't get to do that. And so if, if, you know, they're 90% of my people, they don't like, this is not working for them. And so the slowdown, you know, it's slowing down to do. And, you know, this is why we give them these exercises and that, you know, we're not, they're not working out. They're just like, notice
0: this, Mm -hmm. consider this. But you're working out for your brain. Yeah, Like it is still, I mean, it's maximum effort for your brain. I know what I'm noticing. I'm like, ooh, that is a lift. We are lifting.
1: And another way to unpack and process and make sense of what is and what isn't may not be to internalize it. It may be to get it out on paper, to go have a conversation with a confidant, or to go Experiment with something new, some new action, new behavior, new experience. And so that's what makes the awareness level activated and then just open where, Oh, I can now notice I was about to curse out that lady who cut me off. And now I'm choosing to instead have compassion because just maybe she got the phone call. None of us ever want.
0: I don't know. And that you could fill that
1: list in when you, all day. You-
0: choose that story. Like I can choose a story that she's intentionally doing that. I don't know this person from anybody else, or I can just choose a story that she's having a bad day and I can move on from this. Which one takes, I mean, for me, it takes way less energy just to choose the story that they're having a bad day and not ruminate and affect, like not let that come with me.
1: Yeah. And that, that's a great point about also choosing like, Mm -hmm. because I think that goes back to your question. Like, how do I choose or not choose? Because sometimes when we ask that, when we impart that on people, they're like, why would I choose that? Like, why would I choose to make myself all fired up and worked up? They did it to me. Mm-hmm. And mm. then we, we support them. We <laughs> support like that. them. Did? <laughs> yeah. And standing in the responsibility of it and just standing in the sovereignty of it. So when we take our clients through sovereignty, yeah, define that word for us. Sovereignty. This is my life. I get to choose. I am in charge. I am the writer, the author, the director. or there's things I can't control. Yet again, I can control my thoughts about it, and I can control my actions around it. I'm sovereign, which people might also call that empowered, responsible, ownership. Mm-hmm. I like sovereign because it has like more of like a well, it softer just has- and more deeper. Like, yeah, yeah. You can I not know. Both, you can't see it. this, but we're I know. both
0: moving a little bit while we say it. But like, yeah. yeah, that word.
1: <laughs> For those of you that know the shack meme, we're doing a little shoulder shack <laughs> move.
0: Yeah. At Ivory House, we believe that every human deserves to have an incredible image of themselves. Widely recognized and recommended as Des Moines' leading portrait studio, we specialize in capturing all the best angles of camera-shy professionals. Our skilled photographers guide you through the entire process with careful posing and detailed direction, sharing their confident energy and years of experience along the way. Clients routinely leave the studio saying, wow, that was so easy. No one has ever made me feel that comfortable and confident in front of the camera. And best yet, when can I do this again? If you are camera shy and looking to change that negative narrative, then Ivory House is the place for you. We cannot wait to show you how good you can look and feel all while being photographed. Well, we've alluded to this quite a bit, but I want to jump into the fact that we're both eights on the Enneagram chart. <laughs> and not only are we both eights, but we're both one to one sX or sexual eights. And in the corporate world, I generally don't, don't bring the word sexual in, but that's the that's the real deal of this team is that sx stands for sexual. And the sexual instinct stands for alliance driven, intensity driven. Basically, the SX8 is the most eight of the eights. Like we are kind of like out in the world, we're a little unmistakable. Um, Our energy precedes us. Bold is generally like, I know that I have that word, but I would, I would assume because I would also share bold, like bold is a word I would use to define you as well. And it is not an uncommon experience for the SX8 to get the bold label. So, I'm curious when you took the iAQ nine for the first time and you got your results, like what happened in your brain?
1: <laughs> I knew it. I already knew when I was answering the questions, I was laughing, taking the assessment, laughing. I'm like, "Oh, this is coming back in eight because I did your workshop uh, where you just gave like a little preview of them, and I was like, "I'm an aide. I already know the way she's briefly describing." Mm-hmm. But what was really cool with, and why I love this and why I was like, you got to bring this to the workplace mm-hmm. is the depth. It's not just about eight. Like you just said, it's the one-to-one, the sexual, that, mm-hmm.
0: that stuff really, I knew the eight stuff, mm-hmm. our control Well, we work through that. a lot of that in the yeah. Q space. I mean, a lot of the, you know, for me, the Enneagram is the assessment of how do we transform our self-awareness? How do we self-regulate from our biases? So you've done the work of the eight, but that SX component of you brand new.
1: That supported me profoundly, like profoundly because, and it's one of those things I get to laugh at myself about because I'm like, oh my gosh, I do do that. It's like going to the, uh, you know, reading a horoscope or going to the fortune teller. And I'm like, oh my God, how do they know? But what supported me is the one-on-one. Like I truly do enjoy and get my power. My, I'm in my lane when I'm with someone one-on-one. And I know this. I know this. Like I'm like don't I'm like, don't I don't even need anything. I just need to be with you. Mm-hmm. Telephone, Zoom, in person, whatever. And we're good. Mm-hmm. And to also learn the ego side of that. That I get, sure. dug, I get dug in, positional, righteous and super conditional. Mm -hmm. And I knew, I knew that about myself, but it also let me know why I fight with Verizon or, I don't know, like Mm -hmm. American airlines over like 50 bucks. I'm like fighting. I'm like, I did not. And I'm like, why, what has me get so worked up? And when I started learning this, like this element of the eight, I was like, Oh, so what that gave me is the awareness to check myself. You like getting into it because that's how you're built. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Choose not to get into it. Yeah. Smile, acknowledge the part of you that wants to get into it right now. Mm-hmm. And also choose something. So I'm going to choose a different action. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm still going to be pissed <laughs> off about this, but I'm going to choose a different action and say, you know what? I know this isn't, and I brought this on myself. I didn't
0: read the the disclaimer, the terms and condition and okay. Thank you. Have a good day. So here's my question. This is something because in, when you're an SXA, you've got, I've got, I mean, any SXA is going to have this experience of just having a massive amount of energy forcing through you at any given time. Like Some people call it passion. Like I can feel actually like reactive at times. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I am vibrating. And I think in a lot of ways that makes us attractive, or at least like, like people can kind of see us like sizzling over there and they're either interested or they're like, none of that. But yeah, they're (laughs) like, whoo, that's, that's a fire. Do I touch it? Do Mm -hmm. I step away? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But that, that desire to get in a fight and then reroute, I think that's one of the things that I'm still working on, because I'm actively making the choice to not get into it much more often. But the part of me that wants to fight hasn't gone away.
1: Oh yeah. That's
0: and who we so are. Yeah. finding finding, for me, it's really important to find people who like that same energy that like we can have an intense conversation and at the end be like, "Huh, that was fun. That was a good time. And that's, that's not everybody. And I think that that was something that I really had. I still work on my, my partner. I trust that we can have intense exchanges. It's one of the reasons that I am attracted, attracted me to him and continue to be attracted to him is that we can have those exchanges, but at the same time, it doesn't do it for him. Like he'll do that with me as a service. I think (laughs) he's like, Oh, you need to fight. Okay. I've realized that that doesn't serve us either. So I think I'm in a space who, how do I get this out? How do I get this aggression energy out without oh. hurting anybody? Because I get into a space where I end up being, I feel so I'm controlling my response so often with all the people I love that at the end of the day, if I've had a rough day, I'm like, I can't even be around people because I'm burnt. I just want to, I just want to fight. So like, I need to, I need to seclude energy doesn't always go away. And I think that that's when I get myself in trouble is if I haven't Mm. like lit my own match in a while. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, do you know know what I'm talking about?
1: You're talking about my whole Facebook experience in 2020. Oh my God. I was forging people on Facebook in 2020. And I was like, (laughs) what (laughs) am I doing right now? What is this? Where is this going? What is the purpose of this? Mm -hmm. Yet it was, you know, we weren't going anywhere. We weren't doing anything. And so, and you know, the client, I mean, the climate hasn't really shifted. It's just a new topic. Yes. (laughs) But I, I know exactly, exactly what you mean. And for me, what supports me and it may or may not support you or anyone else is getting connected to who I am and who I want to be. That's it. I don't want to be the angry or upset or fiery. Yes, I'm not letting go of my fire. Yeah. But I don't want to get tripped over things that aren't worth fighting for, we'll say today. Now I'm not discounting the things that we got we got beef here, or there's mm-hmm. just not clean energy. The energy is not clean. Radical honesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the only way through for me right now. <laughs> it's a radical honesty. I yeah. am upset. I would love to talk to you about this. I may need a moment or two to cool down. And I'm only cooling down myself, but I'm not cooling down how I, I'm like upset or mm-hmm. I'm hurt or I'm disappointed or something. I, I resent you for that's actually a tool from radical mm-hmm. honesty from Brad Blandin's yeah. work.
0: I resent you, to, you for. If you want to read a book that's gonna bring everything up in <laughs> read Radical Honesty.
1: How about my partner and I my partner Jay, who you know, we went to a Radical Honesty in-person workshop for three days. Signed. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was good. <laughs> um and and really it it's about. Relationships. So, you know, what you just said about your partner and, you know, doing it for a service, I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's up to you. You're the leader. You get to find the outlets, the tools that'll work for you. Um, As I said, for me, it's either, you know, letting the person know, hey, Mm -hmm. this is not working, whatever that is, or being just radically honest. I resent you for X, I resent you for Y and here's here's how i feel about it and you can let me know how you feel about it you know what however that that is but one of the other things i wanted to share is i came up with something for my clients who run real deep on the righteousness mm-hmm. positioned conditional run re- like real deep and it's fire it's a fire analogy where you have the fire in you and yes i do call it passion as well mm-hmm. you, you, You know, this one person who supported me, I was like, wow, you supported me birthing a new thing. Mm -hmm. So the fire can either burn you or burn some, it could burn, ouch. It could light up a room because it's fire Mm -hmm. and it can ignite. It can ignite something new. And those are three different choices. Mm -hmm. And so what tends to happen in our ego or in the shadow side What's, you know, when it's not working the fire, it's burning, burning me, burning you, we're burning Mm -hmm. things up. 100%. Light up a room with it or ignite something new, new action, ignite new action or light somebody else up with it. Mm. That's all it is. It's the same fire. Fire sure can burn, but it also causes light. It cooks things, it ignites things, and then it can turn things into ashes, Mm. which is how you, how you clean clean it clean it up with the fire fire can do that too you burn you burn infections to clean them up hurts is first and the hurt is the discomfort and that's where the choices keep go- you got to keep making the choice yes i'm committed to this because the discomfort will have you jump out it's not important it's not worth it it's not well, the biggest one we hear is it's not the right time
0: i'm mm-hmm. going to wait
1: for <laughs> I am
0: gonna wait for. I want to wait. <laughs> like, yeah. there is no better time, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: just
0: no. Because that time.
1: energy, the energy gets dirtier and dirtier, like more like sizzly and a burning, like hurting way that it just it just becomes like we talked about. It becomes toxic. It doesn't work now. You are un un uh, the valve hasn't been opened, so now you are sizzling like a volcano that hasn't mm-hmm. erupted. So mm-hmm. when you do choose to erupt. It may not even be directed
0: at the right person or the right circumstance. And how often is that, you know, the Holy case? Oh, girl. I'm like, girl. <laughs> what I work and on it, all the time. You know, And for me, it often erupts in my safe space. It erupts with my partner because that's the place where I feel the safest to be exactly who I am. And, and that's, you know, we also, you know, I'm really working. Consciously all the time on, okay, yes, I'm safe here. Yes, I'm loved here, but I don't get to be the shitty part of myself just because I'm safe and loved here. I don't get to just be the unchecked part of myself because I know I'm safe and loved. Um and and making sure that, you know, for me it's doing something physical that's by myself, like exhausting my body is key because my emotions will follow suit. They get tired too. They're like, oh, you she just If I push myself in a different way, not mentally or emotionally, and I just lean into that physicality, I'm like, oh, okay. If I just go to a really hot yoga class that I can't think straight, that's a good strategy for me. I just like lose, like, what was I even mad about? I'm so uncomfortable right now that I can't be mad about whatever I was mad about. So that tends to, then I can come back to it after having been exhausted and say, how much energy do I actually have for this thing? Yeah, is generally a huge amount less.
1: Oh, that is so good. I never even thought of the physical exhaustion, exhausting the emotions as well. Mm-hmm. And I love a, you know me, I love a good yeah. workout too. So yeah. It didn't even really connect that dot. So yeah. thank you
0: for that. Well, one generally, just a little tidbit. And then I've got a wrap up question I'd like to ask you. Eights generally need to have a strong physical For our bodies. We're body-based types. We're intuitive. We really embody our bodies. Um, And so that's an incredible strategy I would offer to anybody who's an eight or really leans into that eight fire. Mm -hmm. Exhaust your body. It will support your mind and your feelings. Love it. Intentionally exhaust your body. Yeah. yeah. Intentionally. (laughs) Okay, so you've already given us. I mean, I can just think about the trust tool, that exercise, and the fire metaphor. I mean, these are things I'm sure you're using constantly, and they already sparked new ideas in me. But I'd love to hear more from you about evolve your business. What do you do? What does that look like? How do you support people? And how can we find you? How do you prefer to move through the world? And how can we? How can we (laughs) you? Yeah, evolve.
1: Oh my my baby. Again, again never set out to have a corporate coaching facilitation company. I just followed my clients, they brought me in. But essentially, we develop people and teams to embrace change and self-worth. Those are the two areas we focus on, you know, through executive coaching, leadership coaching, and what we call team experiences. So we call them team experiences because through our research, we found that uh, when a unit or a group goes together, goes through a transformational experience together, the results are higher and they sustain uh, at a higher rate. And so team experiences can be workshop, offsite, breakout sessions, retreats, all that stuff. Uh, and then we also do speaking engagements, whether it's for an all hands, you know, an organization's event, anything of that nature. Uh, But the fun thing we do, and this, this again, never didn't write a business plan for this, but we also strategize with our clients. Mm -hmm. So what you're getting with us is a one-stop shop of coaches, facilitators, and strategists. Mm -hmm. So we can support you not only having this experience, whether it's coaching engagement or a workshop, but also unlocking the full ROI from it. And so you're investing X, what is the ROI that you want to receive from it? And what are the results that we are measuring? Because what happens is a lot of times people book a workshop, book a retreat, and then they're like, and then two weeks later, we all went back to being the same. We didn't mm. apply. We didn't apply what we learned. Or integrate. We didn't, yeah, we didn't integrate. We didn't practice anything. There was nothing holding us accountable. And so in our strategy, we implement and integrate those points in your experience. So it's not this high. We've heard so many people, oh my God, great workshop, great retreat. And then we didn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so that is something we also support people
0: with. How to keep it, how to maintain it, how to live the experience in your work every day. And I think there's an accountability piece that I'm hearing that you bring in as well. When you're Willing to stay in the experience. And that's, you know, also the mark of a very evolved uh, set of processes and mission is we're not just going to come in and offer this one time experience. We are there to care for the experience of your team and how they continue to use this work. So Absolutely. That's really
1: and that's, yeah. And, you know, change is not an event, it's a process. And we are not here to help you retain talent. We, we, that out of everything, we're like, Mm -hmm. we're here for you to develop and sustain talent and culture. So Mm -hmm. we are, we are big on culture. I worked in corporate for 14 years and it was the culture Mm -hmm. at two of the places that I I felt not in the moment. I was like, Oh, it's just a good company. But looking back, I'm like, wow, what we gave every ounce of discretionary effort with no, no one asked us, no one requested. Mm -hmm. We just gave it. Mm -hmm. We are all, a lot of us are still friends to the day, to this day. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about this was a long time ago. (laughs) I haven't been in the corporate game for a minute and it's enjoyable. Like we're still talking and like are still learning from those experiences. And so, you know, we, our mission is just creating leaders at all levels in your company. Mm -hmm. And we found it's through developing people to embrace change Mm -hmm and their self-worth. The higher up we go in the sea level, we start to see a lot of challenges with self-worth mm-hmm. and you know it's commonly called imposter syndrome which we want to delete that as well because that just sounds like
0: garbage. I'm, I'm on that it's mission sh- with you. Yeah, like we can good. we can do that together. Yeah. I'm not into it.
1: <laughs> Cause it's just, it's just a matter of self-worth. Like I am worthy. Like, I, you know, like I am
0: good. Well, and like what you I'm believe you're worthy yeah. of like, when you get into those, the higher and higher you climb, I think there's, I'm just talking from my own experience as I've evolved and taken on greater and greater challenges at the beginning of those. There is, I don't feel like I'm an imposter. I know I should be here, but my experience hasn't always caught up with my position. And that's the alignment piece that we're yep. talking about.
1: And it's not only just your experience, it's your belief system. Can so I go
0: do... this? Have I yeah. proven that I can do this? Am I worthy of responsibility that's just been laid out before me?
1: And what's crazy, the first thing I always say, if I'm your coach, the first thing I say is, yes, you're here your belief system just hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. And that's that's not hard at all. That is yeah. that is where I like excel. Yeah. And what's really cool about that is you've collected all the evidence. How did you become the president of a
0: Fortune 500 company? I think there's more evidence there that you can. Yeah.
1: That you <laughs> but our brains that
0: you can. get tricky. Our brain gets tricky with us well, as the higher we go.
1: <laughs> and that goes back to the judgment. We judge ourselves for not being perfect, which is where, you know, we started in the beginning with the perfectionism. Mm-hmm. We think we need to know it all, have it all figured out on day one of this new level of leadership, success, visibility, succession, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the one part, but what I'm really committed on, committed to this year moving forward is looking at the the environment that's creating this. What, what kind of culture or environment is, is causing this in all of us? And it's mainly women. It's mainly successful, you know, women that are escalating that, you know, and even founders, you know, I'm working with a couple of very successful female founders right now and they're doing the same thing. I'm like, whoa, you are, you know, you're getting millions of dollars from multiple investors. That's the evidence. Like, yes, you're worthy. They're giving you millions to keep this thing like growing, not going. It's Mm -hmm. going. Yeah. We're talking about growing this massive expansion. Yeah. That's how much they believe in you. You get to start believing in yourself. But also I just want to, I want to like look at this paradigm, this patriarchy of what is breeding this in Mm -hmm. us. The one thing I can think of, because this is my challenge that I'm breaking through at the moment is fear of success. What happens when I do? I don't know. Because don't my belief system doesn't have that. Oh, doesn't allow yet. for that
0: yet. It doesn't think uh, that
1: safe quite yet.
0: No, so because we're, for people we're who on. are set up to go, <laughs> people who are set up for the next challenge that are challenge seekers, if we have it all, what do we, uh, how do we navigate? What are we fixing? What are we building? What are we doing? Like that we... sounds like our next conversation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> totally. Totally.
0: I'm I'm here. Uh, Tiffany, thank you, thank you for so candidly sharing about yourself, for giving our listeners the perspective that only you can, as having been with me in the beginning of this journey, and for sharing in all of this eight passion energy with me. I can't wait to hear the questions, hear the responses. And it's just such a pleasure to have you here. We will for sure. Thank you.
1: Yes, this was so much fun. Appreciate you.
0: Likewise. I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Evoke EQ podcast, where we have emotionally intelligent conversations for evolving leaders. It is our mission to make the Midwest an emotionally intelligent place to work and live. Whether you're in the Midwest or beyond, we hope you have found value in listening to our conversations. You can participate by leaving us comments or writing a review. We look forward to feedback as feedback is how we learn, grow, and change. Thanks for listening and tune in next time for more curious, connected conversations.